0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge story of leaving a husband during their own birthday celebration. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, no harm, no foul. For as long as I can remember, Danny has always been a very dishonest and untrustworthy person. It's one thing for a person to be dishonest to and with himself, it's another for every single person around you to lose trust in said person. In this case, Danny is such person. Danny and I have been really close since our childhood days. One would more often than not mistake us for blood brothers as we were also the same age. Danny was the second son of my mother's sister, on most weekends when we were little. Danny's family would come over to spend the entire weekend with my family. Whenever Danny came over, he was always up to one mischief or another, I'd always thought that he was just mischievous in nature, and I would go with the flow most times, and at other times I would ignore whatever it was that Danny had planned. However, following the events that happened one faithful weekend, I realized that Danny was much more than mischievous, he was straight up mental. On this fateful day, Danny had planned out an activity for the both of us to carry out together, but something else was running through his mind, because the events that played out that evening would determine how I'd live the rest of my teenage life. It was a usual weekend, Danny and his family had come over to stay at our place. Initially they planned on coming over on the Friday before the weekend, but they got delayed and shifted their arrival to Saturday. Upon their arrival, Danny and I went to the neighbor's place, and he suggested we play a little rough with the neighbor's dog. He brought out some firecrackers from his fanny pack and planted the firecrackers in the neighbor's dog's pen. As we ran, Danny initially planned for the pen to get lit up with the dog still inside. But one thing led to another. The pen got caught in a little fire, which later on resulted in a large fire that spread to the main house. As we stood there in all of his mischief, We watched half of our neighbor's house get burnt down to the ground. My parents and Danny's parents called the fire departments when the firefighters got there. They searched the house for the source of the fire and also if there were any casualties. Luckily for us, there was no one home, so there was no particular human damage, only property damage. When the firefighters were done with putting out the fire, they came over to our place as they told my dad what they thought was the main source of the fire. My dad summoned the both of us to the living room, while he scolded the both of us. He asked who it was that came up with the idea to lay the neighbor's dog pen on fire. And while I was about to say it was Danny, he quickly let out a burst of tears, as he said it was I who suggested and persuaded him to put the crackers in the dog's pen. For I was the one that purchased the firecrackers and gave it to him. They all stood there while they stared at Danny, and I was also amazed at the way he was acting and pretending to play out this whole incident. That was the very first day I realized that my parents did not have faith in me. For as mischievous as they knew Danny to be, they still decided to side with Danny on this matter. My dad scolded me while Danny's parents apologized to my dad for the events that happened that day. My dad and my mom both came to the conclusion that they needed to compensate our neighbors for what they'd been made to believe had been my fault. They dropped me out of school, and the money that was supposed to go to my school's tuition at the time ended up going as compensation to our neighbors and helping them fix their half-burnt home. I lost about two years of my high school life, and while my mates and my friends had graduated, Danny had graduated, and I was left behind. And then one evening I went to my mom to speak to my dad on my behalf, to forgive myself and let me go back and complete my high school education so I can forward my education. The events that happened the evening of the incident led to me and Danny not being on speaking terms for the whole two years that I was being punished. Fast forward a year later, Danny had gotten into a college of his choice, as well as so many of my other friends, and I was still the one left behind to complete my high school life. High school was definitely not what I was expecting it to be, and this was probably because most of my friends had already gone. My peers, my very close friends I grew up with, and even my own cousin had already left me behind, so I knew I just had to buckle up and I had no time to play around. High school soon went by like a breeze, and I applied for the same college that Danny had gone to, because we both agreed to plan out our college lives when we were little, and I figured this was the perfect opportunity to get back at him after all these years. He was a second year student, students at a college in the city, when I was just leaving high school. So, by the time I'd gotten my admissions into the college, Danny Boy had become a very serious student, already approaching his finals. Just seeing Danny after all these years truly brought back some painful memories, as it was heartbreaking and hurtful to have been ratted out by none other than my very close cousin, whom I'd considered at some point as my brother. We met while I was on my way to the admissions office for my final clearance, so that I could know the courses I'd be offering. Our eyes met and he couldn't say a word to me, as I guess he was feeling embarrassed about what he'd done a few years ago. As I was about to walk away from Danny, he quickly said to me, Hey, brother, nice to see you again. And he walked away without even waiting to hear whether or not I'd respond. At that very moment, it seemed like Danny had forgotten all about what he'd done a few years ago that literally took three whole years for my life. He seemed all happy before we spoke, and that was what made me come to this conclusion. But as then, the only thing that was running through my mind was completing the task I had for the day. I hurried on over to the administration office, as I was given a time to be there, and I was nearly late. After that day, Danny and I didn't see each other until after our first exams, as the majority of students had gone back home for the holidays. I chose to stay behind as I had part-time work, and I just thought it would be a better option to make some money during the break. I worked in a fast food restaurant, Mostly night shifts as I wanted to make the best use of my daytime. About three weeks after I'd started the work, one sunny and busy afternoon, Danny had walked in with a girl by his side and his friend, also with a girl. I guess they were on a double date. As he approached the counter, he pretended not to see me and just started asking to get a table of four. I just stared straight at him as I wanted to see how long it would take for him to realize that I was the one standing right in front of him. As we basically had a stare down, his friend came forward and tried to figure out what was taking so long. When he saw me standing over the counter, he tugged Danny and asked him out loud, Hey Danny boy, isn't that your brother over there on the counter? What he said next didn't actually surprise me because I felt the same way. When his friend asked, Danny responded saying, I don't have a brother, man. What are you talking about? Right at that moment, I just felt so angry. Not at Danny boy, as his friend called him but at myself, forever calling someone like him my brother. I guess silently, I'd already made up my mind what I would do to Danny to get back at him for the incident when we were young, and for what had happened the day at the restaurant. After I was done with work that day, I went home, went down on my knees and prayed to God to give me the strength to move past what had happened, to be the bigger person and all. I actually felt like I wouldn't want to get back at him. Personally, I'm not a very prayerful person, but... Back then I don't know what got into me, but I just felt like the only thing I could do at the time was to get down on my knees and ask for help. School resumed for a new semester. As the break went by like a very swift breeze, my timetable wasn't too complex, so I decided to continue working at the restaurant. The first week back to school was really nice. One day while coming back from class, I crossed paths with the most beautiful girl I'd ever set my eyes on. I obviously didn't have the courage to approach her. So every other time I'd seen her coming towards me or going somewhere, I would always try to avoid her by following another path or straight up running away. This drama went on for about a whole week until one day our paths collided and we finally had the talk I'd been seeking, but too shy to have with her. We got talking and I found out she was the sweetest person ever. We vibed really well because soon after we became really close friends. I hadn't realized this at the time, but... I guess Danny was already into her at the time? Even though he already had a girl, this information was unknown to me and I would have suffered heavily for it if I hadn't played things smart. So basically Maya, the girl I met, and I were just a class apart and so was she and Danny but this didn't stop either me or her from becoming real close as she said she didn't have a problem with our age or class difference as she was also a year older too apparently danny had become so jealous that i later found out from maya that danny had approached her with the intentions of wooing her to which she turned him down and told him she already had someone she was planning on becoming serious with i guess that was me but danny didn't take this lightly as he decided to bring back something i thought i'd forgiven him for danny told maya about the incident that happened when we were younger he also did a very good job in painting Mia to be a psycho, which was in my opinion almost perfect, if not for the fact that she had no intentions of even believing him from the start. When Maya told me this, I pretended not to be annoyed by this and just told her to pay him no mind. But deep down, I was furious. I even tried to shy away from the fact that I was supposed to get back at him. But now I revisited the thought, and I instantly knew what I would do to get him out of both Mayas and my hair. Noting that Danny was in his penultimate year, I decided to do something to sabotage his long run. I knew that possessing illegal substances was grounds for expulsion in our school, so I decided that was the path I was going to take. I got the contact of a guy that deals from another guy in my dorm, and as planned we met outside the school premises. He was a bit wary of me simply because I wasn't someone he knew or had met before. I explained to him that I was a new student and I heard he was the one to go to whenever I needed the stuff. We conversed for a few minutes and we exchanged packages. No sooner than I'd gotten back did I realize that I had just engaged in my first illegal exchange. My heart began to pound. I could literally feel my heart in my chest. I began to rethink my plan over that night. but. After a good night's sleep, I made up my mind as to what I'd do. I planted the drugs in his dorm and inside some of his other personal effects, after which I sent an anonymous note to the head of our dorms to perform a random inspection on the basis of suspicious possession of illegal drugs. The raid was done while all of the students were out of the dorms, and they found the drugs in his possession. He was immediately called to the dean's office and was given the notice of the termination of his admission. Danny broke down in tears, pleading innocence, but the school's board had already made its final decision. He was to move out of the dorms by the end of the week. Of course, Danny's parents came right down to the school to plead on his behalf, but their decision was final, as they threatened to take this matter into the hands of the police. Danny left the school that same day, as he didn't wait for the deadline to even commence. That was the last I heard of him, but I know deep down, he must have guessed who it was that framed him. But that's the beauty of my actions for no matter how hard he tries to figure out who did this to him and why there would be no evidence pointing at me i guess in a way this was my way of getting back at him after all these years i still didn't tell maya about what i'd done but who cares no harm no foul The one thing that's so effective I think about this revenge is it's not crazy to think that somebody was dealing or you know was in possession of these things in their dorm room. It obviously just seems like a pretty crazy thing for this guy to jump to, they were planted, they're not mine. And honestly, knowing the kind of person this guy was growing up, the people around them that know them would probably not be too shocked if that was the truth. Our next story is, I poured wine on my cheating husband and left him during his birthday celebration. My husband Cyril's cheating became so popular before I even knew it. He's a college basketball coach, and his team, which I'll name the Wildcats for confidentiality's sake, proved to be unstoppable in their athletic ascension up the scale of prominence. Everyone knew the Wildcats for being tough to defeat, so my husband was gaining a reputation there, while he was dramatically losing relevance. We have two girls, Ella and Renee, who are a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend, the cutest and most adorable little girls my husband's selfish behavior cost him closeness with these two girls and me because i refused to stay in a home that is unhealthy for my children to grow up in cyril and i got married in a very hectic time my parents were not in support of our marriage while cyril's were late he had an uncle though who gave us his blessing we were married regardlessly and in spite of all the opposition our own happiness and strong will was able to pull us through that phase that's why i thought that whatever would come our way we would overcome because of our determination to be together along the line i started noticing flaws that were not there before the marriage cyril had a different kind of childhood from mine his folks were really struggling to keep him in school but by the time he was finishing high school his parents died that was the end of going to school for him cyril had to find other ways to survive and since his uncle could not let a relative go into an orphanage home, he adopted Cyril in spite of the risk of being a bad influence on the child. No matter what Uncle T ensured, Cyril understood the dangers of imbibing his lifestyle. Cyril learned to stay away from gang stuff, though his feared uncle protected him in that rough neighborhood. Cyril eventually left to find his own life after making enough money from assisting his uncle in business and saving some of the allowance he got. He was able to pay rent anywhere, but he could live with a friend and survive on his savings. Here, Cyril started playing basketball again. There was a general court that the community men and boys used. Cyril would go at any time and form a team with whoever he found there. Playing basketball was like therapy to him. He did it when he was happy or sad. He was so good that people knew him. He made friends there, and that was where he got his first real job. First of all, he was asked to apply to a college and join their basketball team. But Cyril had lost taste for school. He now wanted to make money. So the man who brought the college proposal to him gave him the suggestion of becoming a basketball coach. It's a bit too late for all that NBA chatter. Don't disappoint yourself. Become a high school coach and you can make your skill useful. Cyril never forgot the exact words of this man whom he never met again. Nobody who knew him had not heard those words at least three times. It was the advice that steered him in the direction of his booming career. While all this was happening, I was attending classes judiciously in college. After studying international relations in college, I went for a degree in business school. My parents were the ones who put me through my entire education. After school, they landed me a good-paying job in a bank. The story of how Cyril and I met is quirky. It was neither at the bank or in one of his games. It was actually at a bar that I never visited. Cyril knew right away that I was new there. He could tell from how I dressed that I worked in a bank and for some reason I gave off the kind of vibe of someone whose parents still held up to 60-75% to of authority in their life. I could have gotten offended with his straightforwardness but all of it was true. It proved that he was an intelligent man. So we got talking long story short we met at the bar a couple of more times before i attended his first game or went on another proper date we fell in love from then on we became inseparable in the office i was either thinking about him or talking to him immediately after work hours i would get in his car and he would drive to whatever destination we were exploring that day my parents noticed that i was always distracted at the table and way past midnight They knew I'd met someone, but had a hunch that he wasn't the right kind of one. But Cyril had told me a lot about being a daddy and mommy's girl. They wouldn't give you any respect until you earn it yourself. Stand up for yourself. I believed him because he was smart. He didn't have life as easy as I did, yet he was thriving. He had many friends. Many people adore him. He was good with the high school basketball kids. Their parents liked him. I felt lucky to be around Cyril. When Cyril proposed, it was on that same high school basketball court. The crowd cheered as I said yes, but my parents hadn't yet met him. Neither had I even as much told them his name. After the proposal, he went home with me. My mom declined immediately with judgments she made based on his looks alone. I begged my dad to persuade her to look beyond the superficial. Cyril was really hardworking and he loved me, and he could take care of me. My father shared her same concerns. He called for a private dinner with Cyril, and his words after were that the kid is a good kid but he deserve better. I didn't know what that meant, but to me it only meant that my parents were against my happiness. Cyril already told me that I needed to earn my parents respect. When I asked him what I should do about the situation, he said that he had to leave it up to me to make my decision. It was my choice after all, and I had to not only take responsibility for it but stick with it all through. I decided that I was going to get my parents for the first time. It was difficult, but I managed to tell my mother and father that I was going to get married to Cyril no matter what they thought. Our wedding was big, but not large enough. My family was missing in the action, but I got my friends from college and my co workers to come and celebrate with me. We stayed married for the first time one year with no issues until Cyril started saying that he wanted a bigger career. He wanted to coach a college team. He started applying, though I didn't think that was what our growing family needed at that time. We needed to be close together. He wanted to run off to some college campus and coach a bunch of athletes when we were hoping to start a family as soon as possible. Cyril was always adamant with his decisions, something I admire while we were still dating, but something I came to resent while we were together. Cyril actually became a college basketball team coach first an assistant coach and then the main thing their old coach got old and retired we had to move same city but just closer to the school while i started having to drive longer to get to work eventually i got pregnant and what i feared came upon me cyril was hardly there through any trimester i gave birth and we talked about it our first daughter ella had to have her father with her then came renee and things were getting worse he would stay a few days during the weekend and I would start to think that he was gaining some sense, but next thing he would disappear again. I tried to be supportive, but I failed. I could not support a father who was not there for any of his daughter's recitals. I had tight schedules at work, but he was even freer, couldn't spare time to go to their school. Many times my daughters would have no one to sit in the crowd and cheer them on until they brought my mother. My mother never really let her hands off. She was with me during my first and second pregnancy because cyril was busy it was even his idea but for some reason he didn't want the kids to be raised by their grandparents he argued that when he met me i was soft and breakable and he didn't want his kids to grow up that way my mother had already lived with me for a week before cyril realized that she was there that only went on to show how unavailable he was at home but my best guess was that his ambition had gotten the best of him We had moved all the way there but still, nothing changed. Or maybe it would have been worse. In the meantime, Cyril had found another woman at work who he could cuddle with at night. She was a junior lecturer. Her name was Loon. She had bleached blonde hair. It was difficult for me to realize that my husband was cheating because he wasn't around. So it went on for 9 months without me knowing. I had my suspicions though, Cyril and I used to hook up a lot. Now we were hardly even sleeping next to each other. I became scared for myself and my kids. I didn't want to put them through anything and I didn't want to disappoint my family. My mom and my dad stayed through marriage through thick and thin, so I didn't want to disappoint them. So I guess I just remained in denial about the whole issue. I talked to my mother and friends about it. They thought I should not bother about what was not confirmed, but I just had a hunch. So, sometimes I tried to show up unannounced to his school living quarters, the basketball games and all that. When Cyril saw that I was doing this, he became annoyed with me. If he knew I would have been around, he would have sent me to get something for him on my way coming, or he would have prepared something for me. None of those lame excuses explained why he was that annoyed, until he brought up the real deal, which was that there was no trust in the relationship. I told him that if he had been keeping his word about coming home, then maybe I would have learned to trust him. But no, he came back when he felt like, left earlier than we discussed, and got so distracted while on campus to even answer his texts. I asked him if he was so innocent he should unlock his phone. He got very defensive and raised his voice at me more than he would ever done before. I got scared and it was not because of the crowd that was forming but because of his rage. By the time I was packing up my things to leave, a girl saw me and talked to me. I wished to keep the identity of this student unknown. She knew about Cyril and Luna, and because I was his wife, she let me know. Cyril's wife deserved to know. I broke down crying in front of this young girl, but she had to leave me. That was before anybody noticed her with me and accused her of telling me. Once I could get into my car, I called my mom and then a few of my friends to tell them what I'd just heard. They told me to hang out. But there's this one particular friend of mine whose ill advice I followed. Cyril was planning a birthday party at home, all of his friends were to be around. People were going to drop by because he was thirsty, so he wanted it to be big. It was his pearl birthday. On the day of the celebration, I was going to embarrass him in front of all his parents, as I didn't mind being known as the woman who got cheated on. Enough is enough. I was going to get my power back in that marriage. First of all, it was my mother and I who planned a place to go and live once we left. She also helped me pack their things. Once it was nearly Cyril's birthday, he came back home, so it was hard to keep up the preparation without him finding out. I'd also planned to get a divorce lawyer to attend the wedding and lied that her name on the guest list was just a friend from my office. Everything was set and ready for the big day. Surprisingly, he even invited the junior lecturer to the party. I got talking with her and she faked a smile all throughout our conversation. I also got to meet some of the students in the team he coached. They were nice kids. Then when it was time for me to make my announcement, I quickly asked my lawyer to join me on stage. Ella and Renee were waiting in the car with my mom when Cyril thought they were tucked in asleep. First of all, I thanked everyone for coming because I was going to make a very important announcement i was going to leave cyril single so that he could explore his options with other younger women and mentioned his side chick's name and if he was any serious about his family he would have considered us first before making his selfish decisions i talked about how i supported him and how he repaid me by not giving me support once he got the college job the divorce papers were placed in front of him He thought he could come up to me on stage and talk to me but I quickly poured my glass of red wine on his face right there in front of everybody. I forced him to sign the paper and once my lawyer was out of the way I congratulated him on turning 30. He had the rest of his life ahead of him and that was the last time he was going to see his family again. The court case was finalized months later and my best revenge on him was actually moving on before he did. I thought he would because his affair started during our marriage but surprisingly I met a more handsome, richer man who was an accountant in a bigger bank. We were married in 2 years. Honestly I think this thing is pretty prevalent as far as like the players go and although I haven't thought about it too much I can see why it would definitely make sense that the coaches also are very prone to having that cheating lifestyle. Because they are away from their family a lot of the time, they do travel around the country a lot, they're kind of popularized because they're usually on TV if they're big enough of a school. So I guess sadly it's not too crazy surprising that this guy moves up the ranks and then just started fooling around for no reason. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left.